Moschetti. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. It's um, it's a holiday weekend here. Ooh, how come? Because Monday is Labor Day. And I don't really know what that means, but here's my theory. So Tracy, mm -hmm. our listener, can correct me or fill us okay. in. I think we used to take a day off for like harvesting our crops. Okay. But I don't really know that. That's the story that I made up in my head about what Labor Day is. We have a Labor Day, which is in May. And I also don't know what that is about. Mm. I thought it was a day off for workers, which it, it is, but I don't know any more about it than that. So something to follow up comment. on. So, so listener, <laughs> if you could let us know what the hell Labor Day is in England and in America, uh, that'd be great. We'd appreciate it. So yeah. you've got the day off. Well, Not I mean, it's yet. Saturday Monday. today. It's okay. A, it's a long weekend. Oh, luxurious. It is. How nice. It is. Mm -hmm. And we got invited. My husband and I got invited to um, sit in the chancellor's suite for the big university football game today where I live. Wow. And I said to my husband, the chancellor must be running out of friends if like we're on the list now. <laughs> so don't say that. He might be listening. Yeah, yeah of course he, he is. He's local. He'll be listening. Just kidding, Andy. <laughs> oh, how nice. Yeah, so that's exciting. I feel kind of like, and I've got like a special parking pass. Like, come on. It's, like it's fancy. It's it fancy is. and posh. Are you going to wear something totally. nice or something really horrible? Oh, well, it's going to be blazingly hot today. We mm -hmm. have a weird high pressure system that's like making it unbearable outside. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to wear. I might just wear this. Frock? I'll go straight from the gym just to the freaking football to the thing. No, a frock. A wear frock. green. You look nice and green. Thank you. My color is autumn. That's my oh, color. Oh, really? Oh. Did I ever well, tell that, you? Would that be green? No. Well, Brown. there's a green in autumn. Yeah. Course, like a khaki. That's it. The that khaki. That made me sound that like you... I'm from Wisconsin. Khaki. khaki. Yeah, khaki. The khaki that you had on in your recent pictures mm, that Bogey yes. took um, look really nice. That <gasps> looks nice. You me. remember. Mm. So tell me, how are you? I'm okay. That's hmm. the extent of it. Okay. Yes. I'm well, okay. Let's just be okay. I love hmm. that you didn't make up anything that isn't true. No. No. I don't, don't you hate it when people do that? Lie. I don't have it in me to lie today. I probably could, but not today. Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. Boom. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I had some coffee. But no cream in it. What? No, ex no extra treats in it. So it was just black coffee. So I How feel a little drink deprived. It? Yeah. feel a bit deprived. I don't yeah. like coffee, but I like coffee creamer. So the coffee is the vessel in which I put the creamer that I love. Creamer being powder. No, um, in America, <laughs> we have like a thousand and I'm sure they're all carcinogenic. I actually don't drink that shit anymore. But like we have a thousand different high sugar like creamer like liquid creamer i think it might be dairy could be like a soy product but it's whatever. not cream 
As in not single well, cream? Some of them are. Some of them are actually okay. a cream with a flavoring in it. I now literally just drink half and half in my coffee with stevia, oh, which gives me you. enough of like the sweetness and the, the creaminess mm. that I can actually, that mm. I like to drink coffee. Otherwise, I would never mm. in a thousand years drink a black coffee. No, I mean, I've been putting... <laughs> I've been putting butter into yeah. my coffee. Yes. And then I was putting butter and cream in. And, and then there then... was like a hamburger. <laughs> 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 and French fries in my coffee. Delightful. So nice and so filling. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I'm going to put some cream on top. And then last week I decided, ooh, I'm going to have homemade mocha so I, I got my little plungy thing out and frothed up some really nice full fat milk into a silky cream and then so then I had chocolate two teaspoons of chocolate like heaped teaspoons of I've come alive now can you see Look, <laughs> I I think you I? Need... okay now, now we're talking about butter I'm happy <laughs> that's a top oh, our topic today is actually butter yeah um so two heaped teaspoons of chocolate powder, mm. like Cadbury's Yum chocolate on. powder, coffee, two shots, um, cream, as in just our version of cream, which is just cream from a cow. I guess yeah. I don't know if the cow makes it. <laughs> the cow in the factory is doing cream. The cow's got like the plunger. And this other is doing, yeah. So anyway, cream. Um, and then the silky, smooth, frothed milk on. Oh, God. Anyway, I need to lose some weight. I had my blood pressure taken yesterday, and she said, um, you're between two and four stone overweight. How many pounds is in a stone again? Two and a half or something? It's seven kilos, I want to say. So seven kilos. I'm, I'm, I'm between 12 and 25 kilos overweight that's like a whole person <laughs> okay there's 2.2 kilos in a pound so like five to ten five-ish pounds overweight so we're not like am I doing that right that's I don't know face. I don't either I, Again, I don't know I don't know listener could you know. convert <laughs> a list of, of tasks first of all what the fuck is Labor Day second of all how many stone how many pounds yeah. are in a stone? Anyways. I think seven kilos is one stone. But I, I mean. 2.2 kilos in a pound. No. There's 2.2 pounds in, in a kilo. kilo. So then we're talking like 20 to 25 pounds you got to lose. Yeah, a pile of weight anyway. That's not convenient. That's like. No, I know. So I've had two black coffees this morning instead of piling all the stuff in. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. But, you know, I need to lose it. So it'll help my breathing and it'll help everything. You know, it'll help everything. It's good for longevity as well. Yes. You want to live a long life? Want longevity. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Quality of life. Okay. Mm. So what so, the fuck are we talking about today? Well, I know, I know. Talking. Oh, okay. You tell, you tell them. Pick me. <laughs> um, so I, cause I was in it and then I was talking to a friend, a colleague that I hadn't talked to in several years and she's, she hasn't gotten supported in three years. 
and mm-hmm. she is still in it. And so it's overwhelm and like the badge of honor that go- comes along with being busy, which we talk about all the time. It's not that there's anything earth shattering that we're going to probably uncover today. Mm. And yet it's such like, for me, it's such a seductive um, place to be. Mm. Mm. To put a bunch of shit on my plate mm. and then be like, look how busy I am. So why did you particularly, obviously you had that nudge from that friend. Mm. Yes. But I'm what, also. Mm. What kind of made you think? Mm. Because um, it helped me to see. Okay. So the story that I made up, whether it's true or not, is that mm. without support, it's really unlikely that I or this friend I'm, I'm like summarizing why she's still where she's at. Maybe she really loves to be busy and I'm just being a judgy, whatever. But mm. like the reason that she still kind of like hasn't launched the desires that she has in her life, why she hasn't like, why she's not experiencing the life that she really deeply wants. Um, and she's still in the like, in the rat race mm. is um, probably because she can't see what she can't see. Mm. And when I was there, I couldn't see it either. And it took other people to like point at it and be like, you got a thing going on. And I'd be like, wait, what? I can't see it. And so the first time it happened to me was, I think it was 2008 or 2009. I just remember my nurse practitioner looking at me and she's like, you have to stop. And I was Mm. sobbing. I had double pneumonia. I was not taking any time off. I had two babies. I was going to MBA school at night. I was also caretaking my grandparents who were in a nursing home. It was insane. I was trying to like manage my husband's alcoholism. Like, what are you doing? And working full time. Mm-hmm. Like, and she just looked at me and she's like, you need to stop. She like looked me right in my eyes and I just broke. I was like, mm-hmm. yes, I do. So mm-hmm. that was kind of the beginning of my journey, but I couldn't see, I couldn't see it until she like, got me right between the eyes you know what I mean mm. I do and I'm I'm kind of you're, you've said a couple of times getting support yeah and by that you mean somebody outside of yourself helping mm. you to see number one helping you to see what you can't see I would imagine like is there anybody in this woman's life is there anybody in my life that can point out oh you're doing the thing again which I have now like a small army of people you being one of them, thank you. Small army. Small army of like, Allison, mm. you're fucking up. Um, and then like, if once you can see the thing that keeps getting created, now what? Like I need, because I'm doing it for a reason, right? There's a reason that I, I will go to overwhelm, that I'll get busy, that I'll be like resentful of all the things I have to do and I'm the only one, right? Like there's a reason Mm. that I do that. And if I were to interrupt that or try to practice doing something different, I know and have experienced like there's a bunch of being confronted. I'm like, oh, fuck. Mm. That's why. Yeah. And, And the snapback. Because it's, of course, you said it's seductive Mm -hmm. and we can talk about why 
we think it's seductive, um, but it's a seductive loop to get caught in. Um, and, And it's powerful. And so it's easy to get snapped back into it to be drawn back into it it does I mean I've got some stuff to say about why I get these well I just um it stops me having I mean it's a little bit like you said at the beginning about your friend she is still sitting three years later after the you know when you had a chat about her deep desires and passions and she hasn't brought them to life. Um, for me, keeping busy, eyes down, doing stuff that's really important, that's in the moment, needs to be done, and yeah. seems very reasonable that I would do it, and quite unreasonable that I wouldn't do it. It means I constantly have an excuse for having not done the other big things, which are confronting and challenging for me yeah. because they, they a whole bunch of reasons, but they mean me stepping outside of what is familiar. Yes. Taking a risk. Yes. I don't want to do any of that. I want to be safe and comfortable yes. and snuggly in a little, you know, little bundle. And I don't want to take, <laughs> I don't want to take a, a, you know, a risk and do something that is unfamiliar that I don't know the outcome of. So if I keep really busy yeah. with important things that needed doing that nobody would say, well, you could just have left that. Then I don't have to look at the stuff I'm not, that I'm avoiding. Yes. I, um, I have another friend I was talking to and, she has some downtime right now and she was sharing that um, she really needs to get her arms around her finances. And she said, I can't figure out what, why I'm resisting this. Hmm. And when we started to have a conversation about it, like, I'm not kidding. You start to like pull back a layer and then it's like, Oh God, there's like all these stories about how she like the money is attached to her intelligence then we like peeled that back and we're like, okay, so like we wouldn't want to look at it because our finances are a reflection of our intelligence, how smart we are, how savvy. And then we start to pull back even more mm. and it's like, oh gosh, there's a fear of abandonment that's underneath all of that. And so when we got all the way down there and she's sobbing and having like, like reliving some trauma from childhood, I was like, oh does it make sense to you why you don't want to look at your finances? Like it's never about the money Mm. about all the shit that's underneath Mm. all of that. And to look Mm. at all of that, I mean, I guess you can do it alone. I'm not saying you can't, it's just unlikely. And it's also hard to like, just like you can't lick your elbow, try it. You Mm. can't do it. It's really hard. See, you can't do it. Impossible. And you can't tickle yourself either. It's not possible. You also have a very, it's very difficult to like interrupt the thinking, mm. the story. Like, yeah, I mean, that's been my experience. I can mm. get so far and then, and then I stop and I get drawn back into the pattern. This morning, yeah, this morning, I, I mean, I don't know if this kind of relates, but anyway, 
you know, I was like, oh, do you know, it won't hurt. There's cream in the fridge. It's not going to hurt if I just, it's going to be wasteful if I just don't. Just a splash. Just a splash of cream. <laughs> just a little bit of cream. Yeah. Um, you know, what's what's it going to hurt? I just won't buy any more ever. Um, ever. <laughs> Again. I can't trust myself if it's in the fridge. But, you know, the, the the habit the the habit just pulled me back it was comforting the thought of just just have it look you you know you can you can start after that drink so yes. so just pushing away basically pushing away the thing that was harder and more confronting for me to do which yeah. was in this tiny instance was not to have the you know to do what i'd committed to do and not have the the cream and the sugar and all the things in the drink but that that really took me to kind of like presence myself and I am getting supported I do have a coach and like you a you know a small you know group of people who are um willing kind loving brave enough to um support me and point things out to me mm -hmm. you know with love yeah. Yes. to help me but yeah. you know um Casey and I were talking about this yesterday how when somebody says it, it's, it feels like a product this busyness feels like very much a product of our society mm -hmm. and when um somebody says you know how are you my son who Ruben who's in America at the moment studying messaged me a couple of days ago and said how are you mum and I noticed I listed a bunch of things I had done. I was like, oh, I'm great. And then I, by way almost of explanation, I explained why I was great because I had done all these things. Yeah. The if then. You know, if yeah, I've done all these things, then I am great. Then I'm, then I'm great. I've yeah. had a good day because I've achieved all of these things. Yes. And I don't get quite the same feeling. Or do I? If I've committed, I think the thing is actually, I was going to say, I don't get quite the same feeling if I commit to relaxing for the day, but actually I very rarely make that commitment. I feel yeah. like I'm wasting my time Yep. if I'm not being productive. And, you know, son number two messaged me and said, you know, a few days ago and said, how are you? And I said, Oh, I'm great. And I did it again. I listed all the things that I had done. And he replied, Oh, really productive. And then I was sort of like, Ah, I've fallen into the trap of being right. productive. Obviously, I want to be productive. There are things I want to do. But I think it's less about um, getting those things done and more about the intention that I have yeah. underneath them. Why am I? getting those things done and a lot of the time I am um I keep myself really busy mm -hmm. to as an avoidance tactic I mean who doesn't like when I think through all of the people that I know I know there's eight billion people on this planet so I'm not saying that just because of the people that I know that's therefore this mm -hmm. is true for everyone and most of the people that I know that fall into busy, like, how are you? Well, I've got a thousand things and the kids are doing all the things and I've accomplished all that. Like when that mm. becomes the go-to, um, 
it feels a lot like um <laughs> I had a friend that used to like she had just started I was she was a running partner and so we would run every Saturday for years and she had started a job at a corporation that was very well known to like burn the candle at both ends like you will be expected to be on and the environment itself was incredibly toxic a lot of politics being played backstabbing undermining all that kind of stuff so i was kind of like good luck so we would be running and she would be sharing like the disasters that were like happening like really mean stuff going on and um she was also having a health like a pretty significant health event like she'd found out that she was diagnosed with something that was really debilitating mm -hmm. and like after all of like we've been running 30 minutes and after the whole story of like all the shit that was going on at work and then being like handed this diagnosis that is like now a lifetime chronic can be you know debilitating over your life she's like but i'm fine and she like smiled and i was like you're gritting your teeth right now like you're literally going like i'm fine mm -hmm. and we both started laughing like, what is that? Why do we say it's fine? Mm. What, it, what, like, are we trying to convince ourselves that we can do it? Or are we trying to convince others that they don't have to worry about us? Or are we trying to convince others that we're like strong enough to handle it? I, I think it, I mean, it's gonna be different for everyone possibly, but I think it's the latter. I think there's some kind of badge of honor yeah. When you have listed all mm -hmm. the things you've had to do and all of the difficulties that you have had to face, um, and then you say, onwards and upwards, keep going. You say yeah. something, you know, but I'm fine. You know, I've got this kind of thing. I think there's some sort of badge of honor. Like, yeah. the more I suffer, the more I do, the better I am as a person like do you think that that's I, cultural well I have no idea if people you know living in the South Pole have this experience so well, I can't say 100% that it's cultural but I know that I'd be prepared to bet money that most of the people I know have that experience you lived in Africa Okay, it's possibly cultural. The reason I, Based on I bring that it experience. up, yeah, that mm. I was just in Nepal, and my husband and I were like, "There's a lot of people sitting doing nothing around here." <laughs> you know, like as a like a Westerner and American, like you pull yourself yeah. up by your bootstraps. You know, you work hard, na na na, all of that. Like, and then we're looking around, and we're like, "There's a lot of people doing nothing," and it wasn't, and they were. And it wasn't like bums on the street begging for money, doing nothing. They were like people we would pass, people in villages were just like sitting in the sun, mm. doing nothing. Mm. Or there were people like sitting out in like where they could watch other people and they were doing nothing. Mm. And that's when it hit me like we are such a culture of like work hard, you save your money, you know, you put away, you hoard, you like, mm. because I don't know why, like, mm. I suspect it's, it's cultural and, and our founding people, whoever like 
created our culture originally. I think I said this to you the other day. I was reading Jamie Smart's book, yeah. Clarity, and in that he touches on the Industrial Revolution and says that, you know, um, I'm I'm going to mash up what he said, but he said, you know, that um, when factories came into being mm -hmm. in our Industrial Revolution, they found that the the people who were coming to work in the factories were, would work for like two or three days, get a bit of money, and then disappear. Like they they went, well, we need you to keep coming back because the factory doesn't work unless you're all there pressing the buttons and stuff. So they they actually started. Um, paying money the factory owners started paying money to the churches so they would give sermons about the value of hard work and productivity and then they were they found that, that first generation of workers were kind of a bit hit and miss but then they um paid money into school so that more people were going to school so they had this regimented yeah. you know you turn up at this time and you stay there till this time so there was sort of training a society of people yes. to produce yes and I definitely feel I've had a good day yeah. if I've done a bunch of stuff and I yes. feel a bit like I've wasted my time. Yes. Um if I if I if I haven't ticked a pile of things off off a list. Yeah. Um and it's all and there's go. You go. Okay. Um I've slightly lost my thread. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I was going to say, I spoke to a client yesterday who was saying that she she has dreams, desires, things that we're working on that she wants. And um, some stuff has come up, some family stuff that she now has justified why she should be the person to do the stuff and one of the reasons that she you know looking into it a little bit that she felt she couldn't not do the things and pick up the mantle and do everything was like what will people think of me bingo and I know you know people say how was your weekend what did you do the two things follow you know they're they're connected they're they're joined together they so almost mean the same thing Yes. What did you do? So if I haven't got anything to say that I've done, like, you know, make something up. Oh, I, I did some gardening or I relaxed and read a book. Or I may have actually re the reality may be that I feel I let time slip through my fingers. And to the point about what I've just said about this person, it's like I don't have value unless I've done something. Yeah. Yeah, we have. I think that's probably a core, like there's something around the value that we bring. It's our own belief of ourselves that like, I'm only as valuable as, and then fill in the blank and we can mm. peel it all back. And there's uh, inf infinite ways to end that sentence, but it's probably going to be about the things that you do. Mm. And then society supports that. Society really wraps around us and says, like, we're going to reward and um, celebrate the doings. Mm. And so it's like the system. And there's a hierarchy of doing as well, isn't there? Oh, there's boy. a hierarchy, hierarchy of, of, you know, um, this is a valuable bit of busyness. Yeah. You know, yes. you get it when people yes. talk about their children. It's kind of like, oh, oh my God, I was just going to say that. Johnny doing and it's kind of like 
oh, you know, he's just just working in a cafe and, you know, um, you know, it's trying to work stuff. Out. We, and then we can't, oh, you know, but it's it doesn't seem He'll that John there. is doing. Yeah, it's not doing very well because he's not doing some, you know, he's not on this trajectory to this amazing place, you know, in his career and his life. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I had um, an experience where I was with a group of friends and one of our friends literally opened up a resume of one of their kids and started to read off the accomplishments of this child. Wow. And, and it was genuine pride. I mean, she was doing it because she's so damn proud of this kid. Mm. She's like, he's so well-rounded and he does so much and he really puts himself out there. There's mm. a lot of love tied up in that. Mm. Mm. And like, I don't know about you, but my father especially was really tied up in my, my story. My perspective was he mm. was really tied up in my accomplishments. What mm. had I done? Mm. And so again, like it's, it's societal, it's familial, it is mm. our social groups. It's taught to us in, at least in Western developed nation schools, I would imagine. My, our schools are very similar, mm. I'm sure to yours, mm. where it's like accomplish, 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 accomplish. And then we celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. And then it's about the grade. It's about finishing the thing. It's about checking the thing off the list and then going to the next. Mm. And that, that creates a massive GDP. Like, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, and no wonder we're all, you know, driven to be busy and productive. Um, yeah. And I know that I use busyness as a way of avoiding doing the scarier things. Right. So imagine if we were to ask a different question. Like, I don't even know what the right question is. Um, What's the first question? Well, the, the way that most developed nations run is like, how much money do you make? What are your grades in school? What's your GPA? What's on your resume? What's your, like, we look at numbers which are lagging, lagging indicators, and we use those as metrics. What's your GDP? What's your interest rate? What's your rate? of um, I meant inflation, what's your uh, unemployment, what's your crime, like all mm -hmm. of that to like really talk about how good are we as people. Mm. And I'm listening to a book and he was talking about Bhutan and they said the question isn't, which is convenient because Bhutan's GDP is like a dollar, but basically Bhutan said, if you focus on GDP, you're going to get a bunch of people who are basically like the Western world. They're fat, they're unhealthy, they're dying earlier and earlier, and they are having massive mental health issues. Mm. So like, that's probably where we started the call with right. me being so we can just end now. Overweight. We can, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so like- the I'm proving Bhutan's point, yes. So he, they decided as a nation to talk about how, how well, um, what is what is the wellness and happiness of our people? That that's really what we're after. We think we'll get it through money and accomplishments and achievements, but Bhutan is stepping back and saying, like, we've watched the Western world kind of do the thing. This is again my interpretation. So if anybody yeah. is from Bhutan and is listening to this, correct me. Um, it seems like they're looking at 
how do we have a population of people that are well cared for and feel, um, I don't know, they, they use the word happy. They have a, a mm. gross domestic happiness factor. And they're looking mm. at like different metrics that go along with that, like how their access to healthcare and um, how do people, how much hope do people feel in their own lives? Um, so I think it's interesting to now look back at like, there is a different way to live a life mm. and they're doing it in other places like Nepal. People were sitting around a lot. Mm. Um, and then I'm also watching the, there's a docu-series on Netflix about the blue zones where people tend to live, have a high, high likelihood of living into their 80s, 90s, and 100s consistently with high quality of life. Like they're not in homes. Blue zones meaning they live near water. No, blue zone is just the name that somebody gave it because um, it it was a long story, but a guy, the first guy that started looking at it, he was like, he went on a map and then he used blue to mark places where they had high densities of octogenarians and above who were living high quality of life. So it's not like the green and blue zone thing of well-being. Now they do happen to be near water, I think. There's two islands, Okinawa and uh, Sardinia are two of the blue zones. There's five. Loma Linda, California is another one. Um, The Nicoya Peninsula in Costa Rica, and I can't remember the fifth one. And so anyways, this docu-series is looking at like, what are the common threats? You know, what are they eating? What are they doing? How are they, how do they look at life? And they too, like in Okinawa, they have Ikigai, which is like purpose of life. What is the purpose of life? Is it to work yourself to the bone and fill every minute and have a, like a busy calendar? And mm-hmm. and the old woman in that um, in that docu series again, it's propaganda. I get it. He has a bias and he's not a scientist and all of that. And yet, it's provoking my thought. And she said, he said, how did you get to be this old? And she said, you got to be happy. And that was it. She was just like, just be happy. You've got to figure out ways to be happy. And yeah, bad things happen and life is tough and all of that. And there's devastation and heartbreak mm-hmm. and things. But you figure out, and she's like 100 years old. And she's oh. dancing and she's playing games and she's laughing. And it, mm-hmm. it was like this really beautiful um, outlook or perspective that like, you don't have to toil yourself away. And I think in the Western world, what what is accidentally happen. I don't think that's why we did, we started it or why it started in the first place, but it was like, now it's a beautiful distraction. Yes. Yeah. I I mean, that's definitely how I relate to it as a, I don't know about beautiful distraction, but it's definitely a distraction. Yes. An effective distraction Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that contributes to my sense of self-worth and it's supported Mm, you're not alone in that you'll find a lot of collusion Mm. within that mindset Mm. you have an entire so it's so natural Ali that it's not it's not remarkable it's not remarked upon no it's just how society functions yeah for, for for us in the west um that's a sweeping statement but but yes it's Mm -hmm. it's it's reinforcing like if you had to reverse engineer a massively productive society that's how you do it Mm. 
which according to what I had read in, you know, it's a tiny, it's like a paragraph. It's less than a paragraph in, in um, that book, Clarity. It's saying it was engineered. Yeah. Yes. It, it, we were engineered. It, I mean, I, I, the way I look at public education, at least in America, it was to, to generate, uh, there were two things. One is like, let's educate people so they know how to vote. Like that was like one of the main, in my opinion, it seemed like let's educate people so that we can figure out how to get them to vote for us, whatever mm -hmm. us is. And the second reason was to create throngs of mm -hmm. people who are compliant. Yeah. Yeah, worker ants who will do. Mm. And most like our parents' generation was compliant, very compliant. Mm. And now our kids, I don't know about your kids, but I feel like our kids' generation and below isn't playing the game. They're like, this. what is the point of all the money? Like you're miserable and you're sick and you're depressed and you're drinking. And I think maybe they are caught between the two yeah, um, belief systems or the, the two ways of, of functioning. Um, and they're questioning. Hence, yes, the conversation yesterday about Casey kind of like, ah, you know, he's not very well at the moment and kind of like not being able to do what he normally does. Yeah. He has a very packed agenda and he's very busy and he's very productive and he gets a lot done before he goes off to work and on the days when he isn't working, he gets loads done and not being able to do that because he's not very well is really difficult for him. He's kind of confronting. Like, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not having that feeling of having produced and ticked things off my list. Yeah. And that just being sitting wherever in the, you know, the communal courtyard or the, the town square or, you know, outside yeah. the the house on the stoop or whatever it is you know looking out at looking watching the world go by yeah. um that is that is, he's finding that really challenging mm -hmm. hence the conversation about you know how are you oh i did this that and the other so i feel great yeah um this book the comfort crisis that i'm listening to is he is making the he's testing the theory um, that it is very difficult for us to be alone with our thoughts. Mm. And it's a practice, I would imagine. Like if we were to practice being alone with our thoughts more often, and that's really what he's doing is he's forcing himself into uh, experiences where he doesn't have any other choice. So in the book, he is up in the Arctic chasing caribou for 30 days and rocking, you know, heavy backpack, living, it's freezing cold, la la la. And he's like, painfully bored. And what he's discovering about himself in that boredom is like, he's, he's really being forced into facing his demons. I mean, there's a reason, I believe there's a reason that we, when we put somebody in rehab, for example, we pull them out of society. Like they don't just go to like a rehab place and then go home at night. Like we put the, and most rehabs are like in beautiful locations with a lot of nature, There's trees and rivers and ponds and whatever. Cause mm. like, I think we, if left to our own devices, we will not 
We don't want to be alone with our thoughts. And yet when I go to Nepal, they don't have that angst. They don't seem to fear the being with their thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're, you're making that judgment, obviously, from yes. the outside. I don't know. 100%. If, did you I have, have no yeah. I made did it up. you have deep conversations with people or that's what you were, what the story you've attached to what you observed? Absolutely. Yeah. That they no see data. Yeah. yeah total interpretation. Sitting. Um, yeah. It's definitely something I find challenging. Yeah, the more too. I find myself alone, you know, I have noticed filling the time with watching Netflix. J just, I mean, literally scrolling around. Oh, yeah. Something that's the least rubbish thing to watch and observing myself doing it and going, this is, you're looking for something that's the least crap that you could yes. watch. Yes. Um, and then being ridiculous possibly, but, but being brave and turning it off. Yeah. And just sitting it, there. I do think it's an act of courage to sit with ourselves. Well, I mean, it's hilarious because, you know, people are, you know, facing more obviously um, challenging situations, but it has definitely felt difficult for me to be with the silence and be with the non back to the the, the kind of like the non-busyness like having something to do giving myself tasks and jobs to do having a, a list of things to achieve even if I don't get them done if that then gives me another distraction kind of like oh I didn't do the things yeah. um it's all a distraction from being with myself, yeah. this is my experience, being alone with my thoughts, as you mentioned, and facing my fears about what it is I really want to create. Yes. The fears that are getting in the way of me creating the things I really want to create. You bet. Mm. I mean, I think that's a beautiful place to land. I'm happy to land. I don't have anything to add to that. I think that was very eloquent mm. and articulate as usual. Mm. What's your takeaway? I think that there's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> that this is a common, a common experience. Um, yeah, and that it's possibly, probably something I've been trained to experience mm -hmm. and it's a habit and therefore it's as, as open to change and transformation as any other habit. What's your takeaway? Um, that the overwhelm and the busyness is a coping mechanism. 
that helps me avoid being with my own thoughts. And that to be with my own thoughts, in order to be able to do that, I actually have to practice. And like, I have to do it every single day. So my practice is I run, I jog, I waddle. Did you hear how I just did that? Run, jog, waddle. Run, it's a very, jog, very uh, liberal use of the word jog with my dogs every morning. And right now, the time of day, the sun is just coming up. Mm-hmm. And so it's a really beautiful time for me to go outside and get mm-hmm. the first light of the day, circadian rhythms, right? All of that to ground myself. Um, to connect with my dogs Mm. and to see, to hear, to smell, and just to be in the world with my own thoughts. Um, It takes like, I, I, it's, it's so automatic that I wouldn't do that, that I would fill my time with TikTok and Netflix and being busy and putting shit in my calendar. That if I don't interrupt the pattern somehow, like, consciously where it's like it's 6 30 mm. i gotta take the dogs if i don't mm. do that every day and build up that muscle mm. i will slip back into doing getting busy and overwhelm is a familiar choice of mine mm. and so yeah. i'm really like trying to every time i i start to fall into like ah, i feel overwhelmed people are asking so much of me like really checking in with myself and saying okay that's a choice Mm. and then I go back out yes yeah a choice that um contributes to our sense of well-being weirdly our sense of value of ourselves not well-being but when we choose both yeah Yeah, I think they're all related okay well thanks for listening Tracy please let us know what you found out about Labor Day and um yeah put it in the comments put it in the comments below Sayonara.